Is BYU football set up for success in 2022 if the defense comes along? Well, ESPN expert Bill Connolly sure thinks so. We'll get into that. We'll also talk about what the options are for BYU in 2023 to fill their final non-conference game after Tennessee backed out of that deal earlier this week. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news, including not one, but two members of our Top 50 Countdown. Forgot to do one yesterday, so you're getting two for one on this Wednesday edition of Locked on Cougars. You are Locked on Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a huge thank you for taking the time to download this show. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube as well. Hit that subscribe button. I'm pointing down to this corner. You'll see that little button there. Hit it. Subscribe to the show. Enable notifications. Like, rate, review. Do all that stuff that helps us build this audience. We are nearly at 500 subscribers. Maybe by the time you listen to this, we will be at 500 subscribers. Once we reach that 500 subscriber plateau, I've got some exciting news for you guys as BYU fans, so stay tuned for that. And if you're just checking us out, you can help us get to that plateau. We were only, I think, three or four away as a recording of this podcast, but we get over that 500 mark probably by tomorrow's show. I'll have some exciting news for you guys, and we'll talk about that. But without further ado, let's talk BYU sports. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. It's what we always love when you guys join us first thing in the morning or just when you start your day. I don't know if your day starts differently. I'm a very early riser because I do morning sports radio in my day job, and I'm doing this late at night. It's been a very busy Tuesday. So if I get off a little bit off the rails, just understand I am very, very tired, but but at the same time, very excited to be here with you guys. All right, let's talk BYU football and the chances BYU could be a better team than they were in 2021 and 2022. What I mean by that is, is Bill Connolly, obviously an analytics guru, a guy that I love to read, does some great work for ESPN, previously was with SB Nation for a number of years, doing all kinds of in-depth looks at all the teams in the FBS ranks. Well, he's been going through these conference by conference, literally, and breaking down down how things might look for various teams and yesterday was the day that the BYU and all the other independent programs got their breakdown from Connolly. Some very interesting comments from Bill. He really likes BYU's chances in 2022 to sum up his overall takeaway from this but let's read about this. His question, biggest question about BYU says BYU's defense will improve but how much? He says for all of his success in six years as BYU's head coach and it's safe to say that five bowl seasons, a two year run of 21 wins and only four losses, as well as Big 12 invitation qualifies success even to the more demanding among the Cougars fan base. Kalani Satake hasn't quite mastered class balance yet. While the BYU offense has steadily improved after a disastrous first couple of seasons, the defense has careened from 33 in defensive SP Plus in 2018 to 57th in 2019 to 21st in 2020 and then down to 79th in 2021. It says when BYU's defense returns a lot of experience, it's good. When it doesn't, and it really didn't last season, it isn't. He believes, and he said 
adds this. This should be a good year then. BYU returned 16 of their 17 defenders who recor- recorded excuse me, 250 plus snaps in 2021. They also had Vanderbilt transfer cornerback Gabe Judy Lally who played 539 snaps and corner Micah Harper who has moved to safety by the way, a regular in 2020 before his knee injury in 2021. From ranking near the bottom of the country in returning production last season, BYU now ranks near the top. If experience allows Satake and coordinator Elisa Tuiaki to attack a bit more and allow, allows what was a mediocre set of pass rushers to get home more in the process, the Cougars could have a huge season. Unquote. We'll get to some more of these comments, but let's start there. He speaking of Bill Connolly, thinks that BYU could be set up for some massive success this season, but the defense has got to do its job. I don't think this is revelatory information to any BYU fan out there listening. Think of when BYU's been their absolute best. The 2020 season, that defense was very, very good. Was it aided by the fact that BYU did not play a Power 5 opponent in that run of games? Sure. But last year, we all saw it. At the end of the season, that defense was just running on absolute fumes. They were stitching it together with bubble gum and duct tape. They were trying just to get through games at the end of last season. If BYU has a better season in terms of overall health, production, and just the overall growth of the defense in 2022, according to Bill Connolly, good things could be on the horizon. Now let's continue here. SP Plus projects BYU to improve to 48th defensively. So if we're going back to what the rankings were in In 2019, they were 57th, and that defense was decent. They were 21st in 2020 and 33rd in 2018. So be right in the middle of where they have been during this run with SP Plus defensively. says, which combined with a fearsome offense would make the Cougars a top 25 team. I think that's a very admirable goal. Annually, BYU should be top 25 caliber. I think any BYU fan listening to this, and if you disagree, let me know. I think the top 25 should be the benchmark for success for BYU, at least one of them. He adds this, if they bounce back to their 2020 levels of defense, BYU could make a run at an unbeaten record. You guys have heard me on this podcast. I have been talking about it for some time now. I am a big believer in BYU's defense in 2022. and BYU as a whole, but BYU's defense, I think, will take a, a step forward just due to the fact they have another year of seasoning. A lot of the work they have done in the weight room and just getting ready for this upcoming season should pay dividends. But I am bullish on the Cougars, and it sure sounds like Bill Connolly is as well, and he thinks the numbers back that up. He says the offense should, be, should indeed be tremendous. The Cougars fell from only 7th to 15th in offensive SP Plus last season despite the loss of Zach Wilson. He said quarterback Jaron Hall combined nearly mistake-free passing, five interceptions, just a few sacks, with about five non-sack carries per game at 8.3 yards per rush. His skill core does lose some efficient players, running back Tyler Algier, slot receiver Nil Pau, wide receiver Samson Nakua, but returns an elite receiver duo in Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney. Sataki also added a safety net in Cal running back Christopher Brown, the line, which is young in 2021, remains, re- returns almost everyone. He says skill core depth could be an issue, but that's about it. He thinks this offense is going to be special. And any of you who have listened to me talk about this, I've said all along, the defense is going to make or break BYU's fortunes in 2022. And I'm glad to have a guy like Bill Connolly on board with me on this. I think that BYU could be 
elite, elite, a very, very good team in 2022 and really set themselves up to be a team that is a dark horse contender for Big 12 play when they join the conference in 2023 if they have a good season this year. Obviously, you have to have good fortune to a degree. Go your way. you got to be able to stay healthy. you got to have the guys perform at the level that you're expecting them to. But if all these projected metrics and the matrix that the SP Plus is from Bill Connolly holds true, BYU is going to be at worst, it feels like, a top 25 team. And he says if the defense gets back to what it was in 2020, that's an undefeated potential run for BYU. And let's be honest, if BYU makes an undefeated run this season, there is an absolute argument for college football playoff consideration considering they have four preseason top 25 opponents on their slate of games as it stands currently. So some really Really good things happening for the Cougars, and we'll hopefully see some high-flying offense as well as some much-improved defense in 2022. And if it all comes together, you got the makings of a very, very fun football season. The third straight 10-plus win season in a row. Good times are back in Provo, and it seems like they're here to stay because BYU doesn't seem like they're slowing down at all in the recruiting realm, and they shouldn't. They should absolutely be capitalizing on any and all momentum they've got right now, and it sure feels like they're doing that. So some really, really encouraging signs for BYU getting ready for this season. We're 108 days away from today. BYU kicks off the season there in USF in Tampa, Florida. Very much looking forward to that. It cannot come soon enough, and I really, really liked what I had to read and what I was able to learn from Bill's numbers. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we talk about the season opener just barely for BYU in 2022. What might they do in 2023 to replace that game against Tennessee that was previously uh, backed out on earlier this week by the Volunteers. We'll get into that here momentarily. First, though, a word on our friends over at Built Bar. And guess what? I've got my friends. I told you about it. There it is. That's the birthday cake puff. They've been talking about these. I, I had it upside down. It's so my apologies. That's the birthday cake puff. And they just launched today. I just got the email that brownie batter puffs are back at Built.com as well. Folks, these are the best tasting protein bars, no doubt about it. And the puff, what it is, is a collagen protein infused marshmallow bar. Absolutely incredible, light and airy, soft and easy to chew. Almost the antithesis of what Built Bars typically are. Built Bars, they're pretty dense. Let's be frank about that. But the best part is every single one of them are delicious. And you will not believe the macros, especially when it comes to these birthday cake puffs. 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and just 9 grams of sugar. It is about as good a tasting protein bar as you will find. You will not believe you are eating a protein bar because it legitimately tastes like a candy bar. I say that all the time when it comes to Built Bars. This birthday cake bar, more so than most, it is absolutely phenomenal. Like I said, the brownie batter puffs are back for a short time as well. So get on it. Get to Built.com right now. Place your order there. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. Get and join the best tasting protein bars. Try the birthday cake or the brownie batter puff. Give them all a shot. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to encourage you guys to go over and check out the Locked On NBA Big Board Show. It is hosted by Raphael Barlow and has help from guys like Richard Saman, Sam Ferris, and Leif Tuling, giving fans an in-depth look at the NBA draft. They have mock drafts, player rankings, and of course, the big boards that they will be going down as the NBA draft gets closer. We just found out the draft order last night thanks to the NBA draft lottery. The Orlando Magic have the top overall pick. I cannot believe how down that franchise has been, but they yet again 
again, have the number one pick. So if you want all the in-depth look at that, check out the Locked On NBA Big Board Show. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, as we look forward now to 2023 for BYU for a moment here, a lot of you, and I actually had two people email me yesterday, uh, one coming in from Eric, another one coming in from David, saying, Jake, you talked a little bit about some of the options for BYU in terms of replacing that Tennessee game. Can you elaborate a little further on the options and the potential teams out there that BYU could schedule? Now, let me put this caveat in there. The g- games that I'm going to talk about here are games or teams that have open dates on September whatever, the first week of the season, September 2nd or whatever it might have been in 2023 uh, that BYU was scheduled to host Tennessee in Provo. Now, there could be some jockeying and some movement. You could maybe uh, move a game, maybe the SU game to that weekend and maybe move a game back a week, etc. to find the right fit for you. But for the intent of this conversation, these are teams that have openings the opening weekend of the season in 2023. Now, the Power 5 teams that have options here, which you most likely are not going to get them to come to Provo on this short of notice, include the likes of Alabama. We want Bama? No, you don't. Uh, Georgia Tech. Okay, I can take Georgia Tech. Northwestern. That's an interesting one. Uh, Two uh, academic powerhouses. It's a Big Ten team. I wouldn't be opposed to that. And also Pitt. Uh, Pitt's an interesting team, especially considering Kenny Pickett just left there. Uh, Keaton Slovis, uh, the former USC quarterback, is headed there to play, if I'm not mistaken. is that, that No, Keaton Slovis went to uh, West Virginia. Who's the USC? Oh, JT Daniels. Sorry, going to Pitt. So uh, BYU has played JT Daniels as well. But some very interesting options there. Like I said, of those four, man, I'd be hard-pressed to say that any one of them would be willing to travel to Provo because you want a home game. Ideally, that's what you want if you're BYU. But if you could get one of those four, you absolutely take it. I think all four of them have interesting storylines. Both Georgia Tech and Northwestern have been down a bit, but they are Power 5 compatriots as BYU goes into the Big 12, and that's not a bad way to start your uh, Big 12 tenure. The other argument for this is BYU already was going to have 11 Power 5 opponents in their first season in the Big 12. Is that more than BYU probably can handle? Did they bite off more than they could chew with that type of schedule? I would argue, yeah, maybe they did. But I think BYU wants to challenge themselves against the best. They were willing to play the 11 games, but Tennessee has backed out. You now got 10 games on there. So maybe having a G5 opponent is the right recipe alongside that FCS game against SUU, even though I'll continue to beat the drum that I cannot stand FCS games. I'd love nothing more than for BYU to say, you know what, we're not playing FCS games. But like I said... I'm kind of a lone ranger out on that island. All right, now for the G5 programs who have openings currently, and uh, big ups uh, to guys like Mitch Harper, uh, Spencer Linton, uh, Sean Walker, great guys covering BYU in different realms, radio, uh, digital, TV, all that stuff. They did a lot of good work uh, getting these teams kind of compiled, and I'm using, I'm lifting their work. I'll be honest about this. A lot of their stuff, I kind of, what I do, I, I, amalgamism? No, I, I, what did I do? I just grabbed it essentially and kind of put it all together to give you the list of teams that BYU could look at. And like I said, these are just teams that have the opening on the opening weekend of the 2023 season. Now for the G5 teams, you have such luminaries as Florida International. No thanks. James Madison, a debutante in the uh, FBS ranks. Eh, whatever. Uh, Louisiana. That's an interesting one. Memphis, a future Big 12 opponent? 
They're upgrading the Liberty Bowl. It'd be an interesting one there. Middle Tennessee, BYU has played a home-and-home with the Blue Raiders. That was back in 2013 and 2014. It'd be an interesting one there. Southern Miss has been down for quite a while now. They're an interesting one. And then the one I would most favor, and it's the one that BYU actually previously canceled in the 2023 schedule, the UNLV Rebels. I am a a proponent of getting UNLV to come to Provo for this game, but... uh, you know what? Any one of those outside of, man, I don't want to play Florida International. James Madison doesn't seem to do it for me either. I just, I don't see either of those two being the teams that I would favor if I'm BYU. But if worse comes to worse, you could do a lot worse than having to take one of those two teams. The one thing BYU will not be doing is scheduling a second FCS game. That just seems absolutely asinine and backwards for BYU because it actually makes your uh, chances of qualifying for bowl eligibility tougher because only one FCS game can count towards bowl eligibility under FBS rules. Uh, we have seen uh, teams like Arizona State in the past schedule multiple FCS teams. Army has done it for a number of years now. Only one of those counts towards bowl eligibility. So essentially, if you have two FCS games, you have to win seven games to make a bowl game if you're going to go by that math. So I think there are options for BYU. And like I said, there's also the option that you could move that SUU game, the Southern Utah game, into one of the two weeks, whether it's September 2nd or September 9th, and then uh, play a game, maybe move it back a week where you host a a team on September 9th because you have the game against... um, Against Arkansas, it's set for the third week of September, if I recall correctly. And like I said, I am completely gassed at this point, if you can't tell by my eyes. But nonetheless, uh, looking at this, there are options out there for BYU. And one thing, I had a great conversation with a dear friend of mine, Keith. And if he's watching this show, Keith will know exactly the conversation that we had. We actually had it on the golf course earlier today. And he said, the one thing I have learned about Tom Homo is that I trust him to get the job done. There is uh, just an unabiding, uh, not an unabiding, an abiding trust. That's what I said. Uh, an abiding trust in what Tom Homo has done for the BYU athletic department. And I've got no doubt that he will find a decent opponent for BYU, it most than likely will be a home game, and BYU will be just fine in 2023. I, I, like I, I, I want to pass that along. If you take nothing else from this conversation, just trust the fact that Tom Homo knows what he is doing. He is going to make sure that BYU is set up for success, and they are going to be in a good position going into Big 12 play. I think that's probably the best thing to take away from today's conversation, but hey, that's kind of a layout of what the teams could be the BYU could be facing, but I, you may not even hear anything about this for the next little bit. So it'll be interesting to see where everything shakes out, but I am just very much interested to see what happens uh, with all of this when it comes to BYU and their chances of getting the requisite uh, home games that BYU fans want to have. I would imagine that moving forward, BYU will endeavor in more seasons than not to have more than six home games. Seven, eight home games, if you can manage it. More home games is a better thing for all fans, and especially when it's the BYU Cougars, because you know the home field advantage that exists at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So, some options out there. So, just trust Tom. Trust in Tom. Should we use that as a term? Should that be a new slogan like trust Tom, hashtag trust Tom, or uh, I don't know. 
let's let's workshop that one. Let me know what you guys think about that. Hashtag like in Tom we trust. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you guys. You can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search us out, Locked On Cougars. Send us your selections or your your suggestions for that term. Also, you can send them to Jacob C Hatch. That is my Twitter handle, or you can email us Locked On BYU at gmail.com is the email address. Make sure to follow along with the show. Of course, we keep you up to date on everything going on with BYU in addition to all the latest when it comes to the show on our social media feeds as well. Coming up momentarily, we recap everything else going on in BYU Sports News and a two-for-one. I forgot to do a top 50 player yesterday. My bad on that. So we get a two-for-one on our top 50 player countdown. One from the non-independent era and one from the independent era for BYU. Actually, we're teammates for a short time. I'll explain here in just a second. First, though, a word on our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need for your vehicle. I can speak to this directly because I recently had to replace a part on my daily driver. Well, the auto parts store didn't have it, so where did I go? RockAuto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto as your resource. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts when you can go to RockAuto.com and have it shipped directly to you guys? For an example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump, $353 at a chain auto parts store, just $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business, been serving do-it-yourselfers online for over 20 years. They have reliable prices for every customer. You can't get a special deal if you have a mechanic or from them. Everybody gets the same low rate every single time. And the best part is they got every part you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, and mortar oil, even new carpet. I can attest to this because I've used it. Let's see. Now we're up to four times in the past 12 months or so. It's a great resource, folks. Get over there. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for all of your auto parts needs. While you're there at rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck. But more importantly, please please write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that way they know that we sent you. We want some credit for sending you guys to check out this incredible resource. That's rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Once again, that's rockauto.com. Now a word on our friends over at Intercap Lending. There's a reason that no lender helps more families in the state of Utah with their mortgage needs than our friends at Intercap Lending. And the reason why? Intercap gets deals done. They feature a quick and simple process. More importantly, they close loans two weeks faster than the, than the industry average. And although fast is great, the ultimate goal is to make it a stress-free process for you, the home buyer. Any of you who have been through this process know how nerve-wracking it can be. That is what Intercap Lending is. They want to take it out. They want to just relieve all that stress off you guys. Make it simple. We all have heard about interest rates going back up. If you want to take advantage, you can still do so now. Intercap Lending is standing by to help you guys out with that. And they have a personal loan officer for locked on listeners, and that is Steve Carter from Intercap Lending. He'd love nothing more than to help you guys out. You can uh, get with him, find out all the answers to the questions you need, because he is here to be a sounding board, a resource, just an overall know-it-all, I guess that's the probably the best way to put it, about the home loan process and make it easy for you guys. You can reach out to him directly. It's 385-800-8528. That's his direct phone number, 385-800-8528. You also can email him, scarter at intercaplending.com. Or if you'd like for us to broker a meeting between the two of you, we'd love nothing more for you guys to reach out to us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. We'd love nothing more than to get you in touch with Intercap Lending, to get you on the way to having success 
success with our friends at Intercap Lending. More importantly, Intercap Lending has got a lot of experience behind them, over 44 years of experience, in fact, and they can lend in more than 40 states, not just here locally in Utah, even though they're headquartered here. They got you in more than 40 states nationwide as well. So go to intercaplending.com to learn more or call Steve directly, 385-800-8528 or go to intercaplendingonceagain.com for more information. That's Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. All right, as we go out the door here on today's edition of Locked On Cougars, you're getting a two-for-one on our countdown of the top 50 players in our countdown all summer long, getting you ready for the BYU football season. I forgot to do a, a non-independent player on yesterday's podcast. I literally got done with the podcast, was editing it, just kind of nah, 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 just kind of cruising along, doing my thing, because it takes a little bit to edit this, by the way. It's about a two-hour process to get every one of these episodes ready for you guys, but it's a labor of love. But about five minutes after, I was done recording. I'm editing the show and I sit there and I'm like, hold up. You didn't even talk about a top 50 player. You forgot to talk about the guy we're going to talk about right now, John Beck. So John Beck, my apologies to you. You are number 39 in our top 50 uh, non-independent player countdown. And John Beck, number 12 himself, one of the all-time legendary plays in BYU football history, maybe the single greatest play in BYU football history. I know that that uh, Hail Mary in the Holiday Bowl maybe is number one, but man, is that heave to the end zone at Rice-Eccles Stadium, number 1B to the 1A that is the Holiday Bowl, or are they flip-flopped? John Beck was an absolute legend for BYU. Went on uh, to do some things in the NFL, played for a time there as well as the CFL, but now more importantly, he is uh, Zach Wilson and other quarterbacks, personal quarterback coach out at the 3D Academy down there in Southern California. This dude knows football and knows more importantly quarterback play, and that's what he is lending his expertise to. And he has the bona fides to back it up. 11,000 zero... Uh, so 11,021 yards for his career at BYU across four different seasons. Obviously, was the Mountain West Conference Player of the Year in 2006 for BYU. Just an absolutely incredible career. 79 touchdowns for his career against 34 interceptions. John Beck, out of Mountain View High School, Mesa, Arizona, one of the all-timers and a guy that, think about this, he started his career in 2003. He was in the dregs of the uh, Gary Croton era and a guy that once upon a time cried after a football game and there are still fans to this day that'll bring that up, but it showed you the passion he had and the success he wanted so badly to have for BYU. Well, to go out the way he did in 2006 with that game against Utah to win that game on the final play of the game, throwing it to Harleen across his body, just a legendary legendary play. It was an easy selection to put John Beck on this list. I I just had a hard time justifying him being any higher. I, I know that sounds harsh, but there are a lot of really, really good fo- football players for BYU. But we've gone quarterback, quarterback in the non-independent era, talking about uh, both Virgil Carter as well as John Beck, but both of them very much deserving. Now, our other player we need to talk about here is Ethan Manamaleuna, who is our next up in the independent era. And Ethan's career actually started in the Mountain West era, the non-independent era, but it did finish in the independent era for BYU. And I loved watching number 55 play a native of Anchorage. Alaska, but did play at Timview High School for his high school ball. 
Ethan Manamaliuna was just an absolute rock in the middle of BYU's defense for so long. 2007 to 2013, across five different seasons, one of those cut short due to a knee injury, but he ended up with 143 total tackles in his career, 66 of those solo, five and a half sacks, 16 tackles for loss, four pass breakups, one forced fumble, three quarterbacks hits, and by the way, the first time BYU wore that Navy-Navy combo in a BYU uniform, you might recall the fact that Ethan Manamaliuna, if I'm not mistaken, had that interception. The only interception of his career was in that Navy Navy getup with the white helmet. It was not necessarily my favorite look, but it's notable to me because I remember Ethan Manamaliuna, if I'm not mistaken, getting that interception in that game. But finishing his career with a flourish as BYU got their independent era underway. And I just always enjoyed watching Ethan play football. It seemed like he was having a great time out there every time he was on the field. And like I said, a lot of these when it comes to the independent era are guys that I have covered because my professional career covering BYU has spanned pretty much the independent era. I had one season of Mountain West Conference play before the independent era set in. So I honestly have been so used to independence for BYU as a football reporter that it's going to be kind of weird to have a conference to cover, but very much looking forward to that at the same time going into the Big 12. But Ethan Manumaleuna as Ethan Manumaleuna as well as John Beck, a two for one on our top 50 countdown on today's show. All right, other things we need to touch on here momentarily. BYU baseball had their nine-game win streak snapped in a 12-7 loss to Utah. They lose the season series to the Utes in that loss, but you know what? If you're going to lose a game, lose it. That doesn't really count towards the West Coast Conference standings. There is a big weekend coming up for BYU, the final home weekend of the season, the final uh, regular season weekend for BYU. The Cougars, depending on a myriad of different factors, but as long as they win out, they could finish as high as number two in the West Coast Conference standings. Other teams need to lose around them to allow them to do that, but BYU has punched their ticket to the West Coast Conference postseason tournament. That's the good news. Now, it all depends on where they can find themselves seated in that tournament. Can they get the, to be the home game out there in Stockton, whether it's the three or the four seed for the first round? Or if you get to the number two seed, you get the bye into the semifinals. So there's still a ton to play for if you're BYU baseball. BYU softball had 10 players receive all West Coast Conference awards as voted on by the West Coast Conference coaches yesterday. Uh, and there was a little pettiness, it felt like, from the West Coast Conference because Violet Zavodnik, whose season was absolutely stellar, she was gunning to be the two-time uh, defending player of the year. They give it to an LMU player who just her numbers paled in comparison to Violet Zavodnik. Actually, BYU for the first time in the West Coast Conference era of softball did not have an individual player win an individual award, whether it's coach of the year, pitcher of the year, a defensive player of the year, player of the year, all that stuff. They got none of those. That screams to me that the West Coast Conference, the coaches are not happy BYU's leaving and they're taking it out on the Cougars on the way out the door. But nonetheless, 10 players got honors from the West Coast Conference. The aforementioned Violet Zavodnik, Autumn Moffat Korth, Hunter Ava, Marissa Chavez, Taylee Williams, as well as Martha Epinesa were named to the all WCC first team. The most players from any WCC program on the first team, but no individual honors amongst that group. Okay, I got my question marks about about that, while senior captain Hannah Jo Peterson, Alyssa Podhuracek, uh, Chloe Temples were all named All WCC Second Team, and then Mallory Barber received honorable mention honors. So congratulations to BYU. Very cool to see all of them get honors. But like I said, the individual stuff going to all the other players around the conference outside of BYU, not a great look if I'm if I'm being honest for the West Coast Conference. But they're. Uh, 
they're they're being spurned by BYU in their mind. So maybe they're taking it out on the Cougars. Maybe they're not. Maybe I'm just looking at this a little too deeply, but I don't think I am. All right, final thing here before we go is that BYU men's golf is having a very, very good showing at the NCAA Stockton Regional out there in Northern California. The final round of the NCAA Regionals is today. BYU finished round two, tied for third with Oregon at 16 under par. Uh, they are two strokes clear of fifth place LSU at 14 under par. If BYU stays inside that top five, they will punch their ticket to the NCAA Championships. That would be a massive, massive thing for BYU, ranked number 46 in the country. Getting to Greyhawk Country Club down there in Arizona would be a huge, huge deal for Bruce Brockbank and his team. This team has really turned it on at the right time. You're having guys like Cole Ponich step up. Carson Lundell has been a steady self. It's really fun to see what BYU as a team is doing right now. And so long as they maintain the position that they are in, tied for third with Oregon, BYU should be on their way to the desert next week, or excuse me, it'll be two weeks out to play in the NCAA Men's Golf Championships. It'd be really, really fun to see. So some good things happening for BYU Men's Golf. We'll have more on this on tomorrow's show. We'll give you an update and hopefully know by then if BYU has indeed punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament. The other important part of this is BYU somehow does falter. I don't expect them to because they're really playing well right now. Uh, They will have at least one player. I expect that Carson Lundell would be on the way to the championships as an individual player, but he wants to take four or five of his teammates with him, and there's no reason to think that BYU can't do that right now, sitting in the position that they are in. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of Locked on Cougars. We covered a lot, uh, but we'll have more for you guys on tomorrow's show. As I said, I've been meaning to talk about the draft position or the draft hype, excuse me, for Jaron Hall at some point this week. We're also going to be joined by Drake Toll. He covers Baylor for the Locked On Podcast Network. Yes, as Locked On Bears covering the Baylor Bears. Going to have him on the show later this week as well. So he's got a whole lot more. So stick with us throughout the rest of the week. We'll get you covered and get you up to date on everything going on with BYU sports like we usually do. So thank you, more importantly, for making us your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you guys now to make Locked On Big 12 your second listen of the day. Josh Williams does an incredible job making sure you are up to speed on Josh Williams. Excuse me. Uh, that's not Josh Williams. I screwed up on that. My apologies. Uh, but regardless, check out Locked On Big 12. And uh, it's it's just it's a fantastic product. They really do a good job uh, making sure you're up to speed on everything with regards to the Big 12 Conference. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So there you go. I made it through the show, hopefully with not too many gaffes up along the way, despite how tired I am. But we'll be with you guys again tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.